Welcome to Numbers, News, and Nonsense, a sports podcast. Welcome to the second episode of Season 2 of Numbers, News, and Nonsense. We are your hosts, Brian. And Ryan. And for those of you returning, welcome back. And to start off today's episode, we're going to jump into the NFL. And since the offseason... We're going to jump into top five NFL teams with the brightest future. And the first team me and Ryan both have as our first team. It's got to be the Chargers. Young quarterback, Justin Herbert. They just got all these defensive players added, signed, traded, all of them. The only issue I see with their future is the AFC West. We don't know Raiders, Broncos. Chiefs or Chargers, any of them can make the playoffs, any of them can miss the playoffs. So give us some thoughts about that, Ryan. Well, first off, um, I did say the Chargers first and you copied off me. Unacceptable. No, I think it was the other way around. Unacceptable. Second off, you forgot probably one of the biggest points. They extended Mike Williams. Mike Williams is... Justin Herbert's go-to guy, and when you get a go-to guy and then you get him and secure him for the future, that's that's a big breaking point. It kind of, it's kind of like the Raiders. You get Devontae Adams, you get him for the future, then you extend Derek Carr. So you automatically get the dynamic duo, and that's what the Chargers are doing. And on top of that, like you mentioned, they stack that defense more than, I, I don't even, more more than the best defense you can ever think of at this point. Because I don't expect many throws to be caught over a secondary like that. I really don't. I really, really don't. I'd put money on the fact that the Chargers have one of the best, not maybe, maybe the best secondary in the NFL this next season. Yeah, they paired J.C. Jackson with already proven Derwin James, and that's an insane secondary. And then you add, uh, you add. Khalil Mack in a trade which shocked everybody. I, I didn't think he was even leaving. And they ended up getting him. They signed Sebastian Joseph Day, D tackle. And then they added uh Kyle Van Noy linebackers. So they are going all in on defense as well as keeping that offense, like you said, with Mike Williams, along with Keenan Allen. And they got the uh second year player, Josh Palmer, who showed glimpses at wide receiver last year. And you have Austin Eckler still. I mean, it's it's insane. They should possibly be in the AFC Championship in one of the next five years, I would imagine. Yeah, and I feel like well, you missed another big point, another huge point, Joey Bosa. One True. of the most underrated defensive players in the NFL. Yeah. And I, I say that with full confidence. He's going to come in, and you could blitz him. Because you know what? Keep Khalil, Khalil Mack back. Or... Switch him up. Blitz Mac. Keep Bosa back. You can you can do so many outstanding things with that duo right there. And I'm I'm excited to watch it. I really am excited to watch some Chargers games this year. Yeah, and then moving to my second team with the brightest future is the other AFC possible powerhouse in the Buffalo Bills. I think the Buffalo Bills are gonna win at least one Super Bowl in the next five years. I want them to win at least a Super Bowl in the next five years. Uh, Josh Allen, likable dude. They're just a really good team all around. We saw them lose to the Chiefs in overtime. 
after that tremendous playoff game, I truly think they're the next possible like dynasty type team. But it all just depends on everything else because we know Josh Allen is good. We know Stephon Diggs is good. The run game was there this year. Defense was somewhat there this year. So they add people. They put stuff together. They added Von Miller. I, there's so much going on. It's just the the AFC competition is stacked this year. Like I said with the Chargers, Bills, who knows? They could end up not even making it to the AFC championship due to the other powerhouses like the Chargers. They, that could be a first-round matchup, which is insane. Chargers-Bills first round. So it's about the young quarterbacks and who's going to get out first. Yeah, Josh Allen's spectacular. I mean, nothing else to be said at that point. He reminds me of me, of how good he is at football, how good of a quarterback <laughs> he is. I look at him, and I see myself. It's like I'm looking in a mirror, and that's what amazes me. Now, the reason I don't have the Bills in my top five brightest future spot is because what they that. added with Von Miller is going to be great. Don't get me wrong. It's nice to have a nice vet defensive player, but it's also – going to hurt them because they're paying him more money than you can think of for his age. They're, they're giving him money, expecting him to play close to 40 years old. Some players can do that. Some players cannot Von Miller him with, with his aggressiveness and everything. I don't think he's playing till 40. I'll tell you that. I can say that with full confidence right now. Oh, yeah. I think I said this when I first saw the tweet about his contract. I think he signed like a five-year contract. I guarantee he only plays two to three years of that contract. If if anything, he might even retire after a Super Bowl or something. Like, if they go out and win this year, he might just call it quits and only play one year, which is insane. Yeah, and I, I mean, another reason, like you keep mentioning, why I don't have him in my top five is because that division is so stacked. You You can't look at a team and be like, Oh, yeah, they suck. You just can't. Because if you did, I'd have to beat the crap out of you for being that stupid. Because, I I mean, every single one of them, they have the vets. They have the young studs. They definitely got the chemistry going. It's just outstanding. It's outstanding. It's going to be a great year of football. Now, my second team is San Francisco 49ers. They've been playoff hopes the last couple of years. We know that. Young Trey Lance... Young Brandon Ayuk, we haven't seen what Trey Trey Sermon could do yet. They got the O-line. They definitely have the defense. Now, here's the thing. This is, this is, these next reasons are the reasons why I put them in my top five. They have two players, Debo Samuel, Jimmy G. A lot of teams, a lot of teams would love those players. You can do what you want with them. You could hold Jimmy G midseason and, and and hope that another team wants him, that they'll be trading away for him, which most likely will happen. Debo Samuel had an outstanding year. Top three receiver this last year. Teams want that. The Jets offered a huge package for him. They declined it. I don't think it was a dumb idea. Because you know what? If you just went to the playoffs the last couple of years, I say, I'll trade you De- De- Debo Samuel, but I want some players back. I don't want just picks. 
I'd rather have the Niners go get another outstanding player because Debo Debo can bring you a lot in because of how talented he is. And that's just factual evidence. Yeah, the only reason I would say they really don't have a bright future is because, one, you mentioned Debo. Obviously, I don't know if things are going to get fixed there. I think – I don't know if he'll play another snap for them. We'll see what happens. The other thing, you mentioned Jimmy G. From what I'm hearing, it's possible that Jimmy G is the starter this season. I don't know why, but apparently – the team does not believe Trey Lance is ready after last year, but the players think he's ready. I heard George Kittle was saying Trey Lance looks amazing in practice, but then certain people within the organization think he's not NFL ready yet and probably needs to sit one more year, which, like you said, maybe play Jimmy G five, six games, trade him somewhere, have Lance finish out the season. And they also play in a tough division, too. I, I don't know. The Rams are hot. Cardinals, eh, we'll see. And then the Seahawks should probably be bottom of that division. So the 49ers could sneak into the playoffs. Next five years, I'd say maybe one or two playoff appearances, depending on how Trey Lance pans out. Yeah. I mean, you draft you, you draft a QB. You trade, you trade up. You trade up yeah. in a draft. That high up in a draft, draft a QB in hopes that he's your next franchise guy. And now they're like panicking. They're like, they don't even know if he might play. Then you know what you do? You trade Jimmy G, you get something out of it. You play Trey Lance, see how it turns out. He has the weapons. You have the defense. See what happens. He He's a, he's a good running, aggressive QB. And I yeah. like that. I think that he can really put a spark on the 49ers franchise yeah and the next we're moving to the nfc uh you were already in the nfc with 49ers but we agreed on this team it's the detroit lions and if you listen to us you know we harp on the lions every single week we love the lions i think they got a good thing going right now uh coach campbell is doing amazing and like we talk about, they have Swift, they have Hawkinson, they have St. Brown, they have Jared Goff. We'll see what happens with the quarterback situation, but I think they could make some noise this year. Uh, I think the Vikings step back. The Bears obviously will be bad, and I think the Lions could slide into possibly second of that division, and I think they have a bright future. Uh, they just drafted Ed Hutchinson second. Their defense and Williams? Yeah, Jamison Williams snagged him. Like, it's crazy. They added these people, and I think a lot of people are underrating them. I actually have them winning over seven games this upcoming season, and that's high for a team that only won, what, two last year? But I think they have it in them, and they got a good coach who believes in them, and they all believe in the coach. So I think it'll work out. And like me and you said this beginning of last year, we like the Lions, and I really hope they succeed. And you know what they did in the draft? They go edge, receiver, edge again. So they're really stacking up the edges because you know what they did? They go in the sixth round, and they take another edge. So there's three edges in the draft that you go. So you're really hoping that the defensive line can step it up a huge notch enough to make them 
a, a crazy good defensive team at that point. Yeah. Because Akuda goes down with injury. So maybe he'll come back. We'll see what he can do. And, and like I said before the draft happens, I would have liked the Lions to be like, you know what? People, other teams know what St. Brown can do now. Why not go in the draft, get another legit receiver, and make that a dynamic duo? And that's exactly what they did. I like that. And there's no reason to get rid of Jared Goff. Not yet. Because you know what? People can hate on him. He was in the Super Bowl. He was in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Is there is there anything else to be said there? Give him a year. See what he can do. You have young players. See what they can do. It, it's I like it. And and I don't know if I've ever as much as I love Coach Campbell at this point. He's just he's oh my gosh, you just don't see coaches like that anymore. Yeah, you. I like that's a coach that you want to play for. And like we don't even play football. And it's like I would love to play for the Detroit Lions because he's the coach. And he seems like a coach who would go, what do you say? He said he would, like, bite a leg off or something if something happened. He had so many qu- good quotes this year in his interviews. He just seems like a player's coach, and that's what Detroit needs after all of this losing. Yeah, you. thankfully you don't play football for long. Oh, oh, you're right. Because then I'd have to take him out of my top five and put him in my bottom five. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but. No, 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 no. Oh, no? Here's the thing. I was stuck between the Lions and another team. The other team was the Philadelphia Eagles. This could either go really well for them or really bad because you know what? You had one of the biggest biggest wins in the draft by by snagging A.J. Brown for cheap. A young A.J. Brown. We know what he could do with Tannenhill. Tannenhill's an overrated QB. We know what he can do with him. Now you pair him alongside Devontae Smith. I'm loving that duo. Get Jalen Hurts a little more protection. Like I keep saying, you still have a couple offensive linemen in free agency that I'd love for them to snag and keep Jalen Hurts safe because I want to see Jalen Hurts come out this season and show other teams what he can do. And he will do that. I will put money on it. I will put money on it. Well, that's something we were talking about pre-recording. I'll actually put it out there right now. Uh, I am saying that the Eagles will draft a quarterback next draft, no matter what. I, I'm i hearing stuff about how Hurts is not the guy. They're going to give him one last season. They don't really believe in him. They're already, like, prepping. Like you said, trade for A.J. Brown, got him for cheap. He's young. So they might be prepping for another young quarterback switch. The Eagles have never really, like, to me, they always seem like they're kind of stuck in the middle of winning and losing always either in the playoffs or like just on the edge of playoffs. So I don't know. I just, I'm not a big believer of them, especially with that division. It's, it's kind of just cluster right now. Eagles could come on out on top though. And I think I actually had them in my playoff prediction. I had them winning probably upwards of, I think seven or eight games. And for some people, that might be an understatement, but it, I think they're not going to be that great this season. Here's the thing. All, all Jalen Hurts has to do is come out on top of the division and not get killed in the playoffs, put up a fight. That's all, that's all he has to do. And that, that may sound like a lot, but it really isn't 
because you look at the division, who else is going to put up a fight? The lot or the 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 Giants, the Commanders, the Cowboys? No. Those yes. three teams got worse. Those three teams got worse. And you you what do you, what do you mean yes? I I love to hear this. Uh the Commanders got a quarterback and improved their defense that was already good before. And then the Cowboys they got rid of Cooper, but they already had receivers besides Cooper. They fixed their defense too. I the only team that didn't improve was the Giants. And yes, the Eagles improved the most, but the Cowboys were already good and the Commanders were a step behind everybody because they had Taylor Heineke at quarterback and had zero receivers other than Terry McLaurin. So I don't think they took I don't think they didn't improve. It's just the Eagles improved more. But they just caught up, and now they're on an even playing field. I don't really think. Yeah, it's, I mean, here, yeah. here's the thing. You're wrong. <laughs> First off, we we can both definitely agree the Giants are just oh, yeah. pathetic and in the bottom of a trash can of a franchise, and it's a disgrace over there. Now, if they everybody can agree win, with that. If they come back and win like ten games next year, I'm gonna cry because they should not win 10 games with that team no, they, they should win like one they will be lucky to score 10 points throughout the whole season <laughs> because daniel jones is that bad now commanders is carson wentz i i like carson Wentz. i do so i don't i don't i didn't see me saying this like a month ago but is carson wentz really that much of an upgrade over heineke I don't think he's that much of an upgrade, but he's definitely a playoff quarterback. So there's that. I, I don't know what Carson Wentz we're going to get. We could get MVP Carson Wentz, or we could get last game of the season, two turnovers, Jaguars uh, Carson yeah, Wentz. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly what can happen. You are in a fight against the Eagles. I'm going with the Eagles 11 out of 10 times. And, and, that's the thing. Like Carson Wentz could be legit one game and and pathetic the next. That's how easy it is. So the inconsistency. I don't like the coaching over there anymore. I don't. I thought when everything was put together, it'd be solid, but they don't get the, their star players involved. They just don't. And Heineke was a decent QB. Nothing, nothing amazing about him, but a decent QB. Yeah. And now you bring in Carson Wentz in hopes in hopes to make it a legit playoff team. The, the division's pathetic, and the commanders won't even win. It's 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 not going to be good. It's not going to be good. And when things go downhill, things will just keep going downhill by firing coachings, coaches, rebuilding the team. It's it's This is the last year the commanders give it a go, and then it's over. Now on to the Cowboys. Pathetic franchise. We know that. They they got rid of Amari Cooper because they don't have money. They kept Ezekiel Elliott, who they're giving all their money to. CeeDee Lam- Lamb is definitely promising. Tony Pollard promising. Michael Gallup, we don't know how many games he's going to play because he's coming off pretty bad ACL tear. Now, sure, the defense, it got worse to begin with, then it got better. So I'm going to say that it kind of stayed the same when you even things out at that point. And I don't care what anyone says. Dak Prescott 
hasn't proven himself yet. He has not. Not at all. Because, like I keep saying, look at the division they're in. If you're the Cowboys, I expect you to win that division every year that Dak Prescott is on the team. Because you compare him to other QBs, he's good. Then you compare him to other QBs outside of the division, he's not. Because he's not promising enough. He's not doing enough. He's not leading the team enough. He 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 He's not thinking in playoff time, and we all saw that happen when he ran the ball just <laughs> enough to run the clock down. Yeah, that was not a smart play, and there there's just no excuses there, not a single excuse. The Eagles will come out on top because I, I'm because there's not another team I can say can. I there's not another team I can say that can come out on top without laughing. Like, listen to this: the Cowboys will come out on top. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. Now the Eagles will come out on top, and that's the truth. We'll we'll put out we'll put out record predictions just so we can come back after the season because I think the Eagles finish second, uh, or even possibly third. But we'll see. We'll see. I I have them winning between eight and twelve games. So we'll we'll see what Eagles we get. And we'll that's see. all they need to do because we know the other teams in the division won't be winning eight to twelve games. That is true, but. Switching up to actually a team that I don't think is going to have a good season this year, uh, but I think they have a good future, the Patriots. Uh, they still have Bill Belichick. We don't know how much longer. That's the one thing I can kind of get negative about. We don't know how much longer Belichick is going to coach. Uh, we don't know if they start losing. Maybe he'll just retire. But they have Mac Jones. They have Damian Harris. They, they're starting to get some receivers. That defense is the best part of the team. And once again, they have Bill Belichick. I personally think they're going to get slaughtered this year because if the Dolphins play like they should on paper, they're going to finish with a better record. Bills are obviously going to finish with a better record. And then the Jets, we don't know what Jets we're going to see. Obviously, we think the Jets are garbage, but we don't know. But I think the Patriots have a good future. It's just when is that future going to come, if it's going to be next year, the year after. It's it's tough when you play in a division with Josh Allen because he kind of controls that division. It's basically like uh, the Steelers with us in the AFC North. They had Big Ben for, what, 16, 15 years, something like that. And it was basically like the Steelers were always going to be one or two in the division because they had Big Ben. So that's, I think, how kind of the AFC East is looking now that Josh Allen is an MVP quarterback like that. You would think after last year, the Patriots would be, would have one of the most brightest futures. I, hot take right now is that I think Belichick retires after this year. I think he calls it quits Ooh. because of how embarrassing it'll be. After that, Mac Jones, from him being looking that talented, he starts to decline a lot more than you think. I think the Patriots are going downhill faster than you can think because you look at the matchups. I it, Tua doesn't even have to play great to beat him. He just has to play okay at that point Yeah, because of the talent they have on the offense and defense. We all know the what the Bills will do. 
the Jets even. You look at the Jets' picks, You right away, they go cornerback, they go receiver, they go edge. They improved major, major positions, and you just got to count on Zach Wilson at this point, and I'm liking the Jets, what they can do, and honestly, the Jets could probably take one, maybe two if they play their hearts out against the Patriots. Yeah. So it could either go okay for the Patriots, or it can go awful for the Patriots, in my eyes. And I have pretty good eyes. 2020. So, now, the- now yeah, give me, give me your team, because we have two back-to-back AFC North teams about to come up. And we'll yeah, bounce those off each other. So, you give me yours. I'm, I'm going to go Bengals. Now, the Bengals had a lucky run to the Super Bowl. Everybody knows that. Everybody with common sense knows that. But... They made it to the Super Bowl, so they at least have the playoff type of hype in them. They they at least know what the playoffs are like. That's a good thing because young teams don't get that a lot, and this is a young team, and they just got it. You you still have that crazy, crazy wide wide receiver trio with Boyd, Higgins, Chase. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Mixon, if the play calling can become more towards the running, they'll be fine. Because it kind of started go it's the the running game started to fade away as the season went on, and that hurt them because Mixon is a strong, aggressive dude that you can put in and he'll just get yards. Throw him in. Now they made a couple changes to their line. That's good, which they should have been doing I mean, years ago. But I, 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 I just think the Bengals have the experience, enough experience to have a bright future at this point. I don't see them winning a Super Bowl. No, not at all. Now, I'm probably not even making it to another Super Bowl with this team just because of how talented other teams are. But that doesn't mean that they don't have a bright future. And I'm going to jump right after that with a team that – don't we, even say no, we're not we're not supposed to like them, but no. the Steelers, they they're gonna have a bright future. Uh they just got a new GM. They're keeping Mike Tomlin. They added Brian Flores to defense, uh defensive coordinator or whatever. Uh drafted Kenny Pickett, drafted George Pickens. Uh their receiver core looks good. Najee was Najee was a top five running back last year. A lot of people don't want to admit it. He fumbled once, had like third most rushing yards, and they barely even ran him too because they were some reason they wanted to throw with Big Ben 50 times a game when he was falling apart. I think they're not going to take a step back. Their defense is unreal. It's led by T.J. Watt. Uh, They may lose bits and pieces, uh, like possibly Cam Hayward is getting old, so he might leave. T.J. Watt's going to stay there. The receivers are going to stay there. We know the TikTok boys, uh, one of them's gone, but uh, Chase is still there. I I think George Pickens was a great pick by them. I like George Pickens. Kenny Pickett, on the other hand, I don't know how his future is going to be. That's that's why I think that's the negative thing about the Steelers pick is I think they have a bright future, but it depends on Kenny Pickett slash Mitch Trubisky. We still don't know who they're going to start. They could start Trubisky. Trubisky could play good, and they could just say, hey, pick it, ride the bench. Or it could be the other way around. 
We don't know. And like we keep saying, these teams with the bright futures are ending up in these tough divisions. Uh, like we said, Chargers, tough division. Bills, tough division. Lions, somewhat tough division. Patriots, tough division. And now the Steelers. They're in our division. We could we could be good. Ravens could be good. Steelers could be good. Bengals could be good. This is the AFC North prime where all four teams are potential playoff contenders. We haven't had that, I don't know if ever, because us and the Bengals have like alternated being dog crap for the past couple of years. So it'll be cool to see because there are rivals and maybe they slide to a crappy future so we can just beat them every single year. But we do have that uh, Monday night football, I think, or maybe it's a Thursday night in Cleveland week three against them. So maybe Pickett plays that game. Maybe it's Trubisky, but we'll get to see the Steelers real bright and early in the season. Now, I believe that's Halloween night. Is it? Yeah, I think so. so it will, it'll be spooky. Actually, it'll no, be I, think, spooky. I think Halloween might be that Bengals game. Oh. Yeah, because yeah, I think that's Monday night. I think we got Steelers – uh, Thursday night. So, you know, here's the thing. You um are delusional. A little bit, a little bit. Here's the thing. The Steelers are a joke. That should be all I have to say. But if you needed me to explain myself, I guess I can explain a little bit. Najee Harris, I'll give him respect. Because you know what? They didn't really have any other running back to throw in there. So he kind of just ran it. Or, or he just ran the running game by himself the whole season. I'll give a little bit of respect to Pat Freermuth. He's an okay go-to guy. Chase Claypool's a joke. We know that. Cam Hayward's old. We don't know what Watt can do without Hayward because you know what? Sure, Watt's amazing. But Hayward and Watt together are a crazy duo. You split them apart. We don't know how that's going to turn out. The Steelers are not going to have a bright future because they suck. That's all I have to say. And I'm, I'm just going to add a bounce-back point. Uh, they made the playoffs last year with Big Ben basically in a wheelchair. I think any upgrade at quarterback, they're making the playoffs. Uh, if Trubisky plays worse than Big Ben last year, then they're missing the playoffs. If Pickett plays worse than Big Ben – it, it shouldn't be too hard to play better than Big Ben last year because we saw how bad he was. He was falling down after he threw the ball. They had basically everything around to succeed, and even with a quarterback playing as crappy as Ben did, they still made the playoffs in our division. I mean, they got blown out and embarrassed, but they still made the playoffs. So I think – I don't know if they really take a step back – Maybe in the next couple years, but I don't know if they take a step back next year. You're going to make me hurl if we keep talking about the Steelers. <laughs> so, um, my, my final team, and I say this, I'll, I'll explain my reasoning pretty well. The Buccaneers. Now, they obviously have a Super Bowl under their belt. On top of that, they have talent. You don't need to keep running it with this same team. If you want to do what you want to do and just start trading players, do it. You have talented players. You're going to get a lot in return if you do that. It's it's common sense. The Buccaneers can give it another two years until Brady's finally gone. And then after that, they can be like, you know what? 
Let's just rebuild because we can. Because we can trade our top players and get top picks. We can trade our top players for young studs. It's it's common sense. It's kind of like a circle. That's how it goes. And if you keep rolling like that, it'll keep working out. It's not going to stop. The only negative thing I could say about the Bucks is if they if they make the Super Bowl, if they win the Super Bowl, I think Brady's officially retiring. I think he's he's already doing stuff outside of football, uh, playing golf, doing commercials, running his company. And, like, we saw he took, what, like a two-week break where he retired, and then he's like, never mind, I'm coming back. I think he goes out on top either with a Super Bowl appearance or a Super Bowl win. Uh, I, I think they could have a bright future if they slide in a quarterback. Hint, hint, uh, Baker Mayfield. That would be pretty sweet, uh, like we talked about the one time. But as of now, they have uh, – who do they – they have Trask behind Brady, I think. So yeah. I, I don't know if you could slide Trask in there and to have them be the same team, uh, especially what we talked about kind of near the end of the season with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, kind of who wants money and who wants to stay. We don't know if that duo will stay together after Brady's gone or if they'll stay together after next season. So we'll have to see. Because you don't need them to stay together. That's what I'm saying. You could be like, you know what? Every team wants a star receiver. Every team. You can't get enough of them. Trade them. Get a lot out of it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's a circle. Like, you can just do that all your life and be successful. Now, switching it up, we're doing another top five list, but this is the top five remaining free agents from both of us, and we have we have three of the same, so we'll do our two different ones right now, and then we'll go to the same. But starting off, I have a weird one, but Ryan Fitzpatrick is a free agent, quarterback. You guys all know and love him. He's played for like 15 teams in the NFL. I think he needs to go to the 16th team. He is 39, I believe. He's a career backup quarterback, occasionally comes in and gets a win. He needs to be on a team because a team with a young quarterback like the Patriots, like, uh, I mean, the Dolphins even, he can go back. Just he needs to teach. That's what he did for the Commanders. That's what he did for – actually, he was with the Dolphins too, like, just teaching young guys basically how to play. And he's doing the opposite of what Tannehill said to Malik Willis. He was there to help the rookies, help the young guys, and he didn't care whether or not he played. And then he just so happened to play, and he played well. So I think any team that wants an old veteran quarterback should sign Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he might retire. I've seen things that said he is thinking about retiring. But if he doesn't retire, then I think a team snags him as a free agent before training camp. There's nothing wrong with getting a fan favorite vet that knows the game of football. I'm surprised he's not already on a team. Yeah, honestly. I mean, but but my different one is Julio Jones. As expensive as he may be, as injury-prone as he may be, why not pick him up? Why not? 
I mean, like I said, who doesn't want a fan favorite vet within Julio Jones? He didn't work out on the Titans because he was injured. Yeah. You're going to, if, if a team gets him, just cross your fingers that he doesn't get injured. It's that easy. I mean, <laughs> he, he, we've seen what he can do. We've seen the routes he can do. We've seen the QBs he's played with. I'm surprised he's not already on a team. And then another guy, a different guy that I had, is Cole Beasley. Uh, Let me pull up his stats real quick because I know he had a decently good year. Uh, Was it last year or the COVID year? Um, I believe last year he did pathetic. Yeah, well, not pathetic, but the year before, uh, 2020, he's been with the Bills the last three years. 2020, he had 82 receptions, 967 yards, four touchdowns. As the slot receiver, he's 31. He was 31 then. He's 33 now. Slot receiver, quick guy, basically just he's going to get targets. He's like career average for targets is over 50 every single uh, season. And he's just a little quick guy that you can throw out there. Averages 10 yards a catch. I, I'm shocked. I, we keep saying this, but I'm shocked that he has not been signed because the need for slot receivers in today's game is increasing. Uh, everybody has their little, like, it's like a 5'10 or under receiver that's quick and just darts up the field and slants and cuts in, and he should be wide open most of the time. And kind of shocked he's not available. Uh, he's not on a team yet because, especially the Bills, because the Bills used him a lot. I thought they would re-sign him. I guess not. But we'll have to see where he ends up. Yeah, I mean, he's just a vet that teams should want. I, I don't know. Like like these players that we're going to name, I'm just surprised they're not already on the team. Yeah. I mean, like like the next ones. J.C. Treader. Oh, I, one of the, one of the best signed? centers in the league. Yeah. Great, great, great leader, and he's just an all-around fan favorite once again. Yeah, he's he's actually like the NFL uh, Players Union president. Yeah, and I don't know how he's not on a team. Like you said, one of the best centers in football. Uh, I'm looking at this thing right now. He allowed one sack last year and only had five penalties, and he played a thousand snaps. You don't get a center better than that ever. And you and, yeah, you can't tell me that there's teams out there that don't want to improve their own line. Oh, yeah, for real. And I, I, I'm I, kind of confused why the Browns let him go. I get it was money, but yeah, if we gave all that money to Sean, we could have probably afforded a center who was the best center in the league. But that's another story we'll talk about. But... <laughs> You, it's just crazy. All these guys should be on a team. I'm shocked if they're if we come back in two weeks and look at this list and these guys aren't signed. There's a problem because these are some talented guys right here. Yeah, I mean, and like like Will Fuller, he was suspended. Yeah, but you know what? Who cares? He's a good receiver. Good receiver. Yeah, Will Fuller. I mean, he was what on the Dolphins? Didn't really play. And. Tua was the QB. 
So and then went to the Texans and popped off with Deshaun when uh, I think that was 2020 or whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah, I got suspended for steroids, but and got injured. Yeah. So he's got some history, but he's still a young guy. Yeah. But you know what? He also has some great history. Yeah, he does. And that's that's what teams should want. That's what I would think. I mean, I mean, like an, another one, Gronkowski. I'm no fan of the TikTok superstar, whatever he is. <laughs> but you know what? When you get a go-to guy, you get a go-to guy. And there's no better feeling for a QB, especially a young QB. I'm surprised he's not with the Buccaneers right now. Yeah, that's the thing I was going to say, I'm pretty sure um, the, one of the reasons he's not coming back is really because – I think the only team he's going to play for is the Buccaneers. I know they were talking about the um, as a team, but honestly, his, his brother has been talking a lot, saying that he wants to play for the Bucs, but they haven't really showed interest, which I don't get because we've seen the last two – is it two years? Yeah, I think two years with yeah. Tom Brady and Gronk. They were back to being like 2011, 2012 Tom Brady and Gronk. Yeah. Like, I don't get – he's one of the best tight ends, and he's not signed. I, I don't get it. He's, all these players should be on a team right now. And if he hasn't gone back to the Bucks now, I honestly don't think he will. Yeah. I'm thinking he goes to another team. That could that could hurt the Bucks a lot because you know what? Like I keep saying, the go-to guy – not only was he a solid tight end for Tom Brady, but he was Tom Brady's best friend. Yeah, that too. He's been there for basically everything Tom Brady has done since 2010. So yeah. it's kind of nuts how if he doesn't get signed, maybe I don't know what's going on. But kind of to wrap up this top five free agents, we have a guy that the Browns have shown interest in. A lot of uh, it heated up a couple days ago, actually that the Browns were talking to this guy. It's the Dominican Sue D tackle. Uh, you should know him from the lions uh, played for the bucks. Most recently he's like 32, 33. So a bit on the older side, but he's, he's a beast. He's an animal. He's a monster. It's, it's just unreasonable why this dude is not on an NFL roster right now. I don't know if it's money or like what's going on. But there were rumors about the Browns, and now I guess it just didn't happen. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, we keep saying the same thing. How the heck is are these players not on a team? Like you would think teams would have common sense and put in a little bit of money. Yeah, talented players. Sue is a good defensive lineman to throw right down the middle. He is like a rhinoceros yeah. going at. Like dominoes. Yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, I know he played. He played for the Bucks. Uh, won that Super Bowl with the Bucks, and was a big part of their D line, really. And now it seems like the Bucks don't want to touch him. It says uh, most the most recent one says Bucks will not resign Adamakin Sue, and it says the Raiders and the Browns are kind of in the mix. But that was in the last five days. Like, I don't know what happened since then. Yeah, it, I, it just doesn't make sense how these players are not on teams. Yeah. 
So now let's let's go to the NBA, and we are in the conference finals, both sides. Warriors are up three to one. They're in a familiar situation, three to one. If you say three to one enough times, they will blow the lead. So should we just say it the rest of the podcast? Honestly, just three to one, three to one, three to one, three to one. But honestly, Luca's playing out of his mind. If the Mavs step up with players like Dimwitty, Cleaver, uh, Brunson, even uh, Finney Smith, Finney Smith needs to step up. And then Reggie Bullock, he's either like he the other night. Them. He lost them game. Three. Yeah, he was like 0 for 11, 0 for 13 or something. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then he potentially won them last game where he he went like six of eight on threes or something. Like yeah. he was just he was on fire, and they're not going to get that every game, which is why I ultimately think the Warriors win uh, three to two. I think this That's goes what I'm six. Saying. Yeah, Warriors I think it goes six. But I would like to see Luka in the finals. I'm honestly – I wanted to pull for I, – I predicted a Warriors-Bucks, but after the Bucks got eliminated, I want Luka to make the finals. And something I thought I would talk about would be the Luka-LeBron comparison. They are basically on the same uh, path in their career as of uh, right now. First year, they both missed the playoffs. Second year, they made it to the second round. Uh, actually, LeBron made it further both times. He made it second round. Luka got eliminated twice by the Clippers. And then in the third year, that's when LeBron broke out, took him to the Eastern Conference Finals, I believe. And then the next year, he took him to the Finals. So if Luka can either just put up a fight, which he's doing, or take him to the finals. He is on par with LeBron, and he's already at a young age. He's already doing so much. He has a higher career points per game average in the playoffs than Michael Jordan. He's doing everything he can. He just needs the other people to step up. It's the LeBron scenario where you put up all the stats, your teammates put up zero. Yeah, but here's the only difference. LeBron's teammates were worse, and LeBron went up against – more difficult teams. Yeah. Like the Warriors, if you switched out Jordan Poole and put in KD and then also put in more prime Steph Curry and Clay, that's an easy sweep and a blowout every single game against Luka. That's the difference between Luka and LeBron. LeBron puts up amazing fights and his play his teammates are like they're, they're like LeBron's like a waffle and his teammates are the toppings. The waffle's huh. the best part, but the toppings are just kind of there, like the strawberries, the syrup, the butter. It's just not it's just not enough. And he's they're going up against stacks of pancakes, like pancakes, like huge pancakes, KD, pancake, Draymond, pancake, Steph, Clay, pancakes. And it's that's simple. I mean Luca has shooters around him. I've noticed that sometimes he'll just do stupid things and run yeah. stupid plays. And you know what? You know what makes me mad about him is the fact that earlier this season, I'm pretty sure everybody remembers how he's like, oh, yeah, back in my country, we didn't play any of this flopping basketball. It was more difficult. And I have never, does. I've never seen 
a player in this playoffs flop as much as Luca. Yeah, it's it's kind of bad now. Uh, I I was watching and it I don't know what. Every single time he kind of cries about stuff and he gets so many offensive fouls. And you know fouls. what? He doesn't get back on defense. I see people reaming LeBron out for not getting back on defense like one time a game. Luca does it constant, constantly. Yeah. But uh, so we both agree then it's probably Warriors and six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, I think the Warriors should close this out. I mean, they were getting blown out by like 30 and then they made it like an eight point game. So I think they're not going to get disrespected again. Uh, Draymond was pretty mad. I mean, to begin with when they asked him about being up three Oh, and now that they're in that three, one, everybody makes the jokes like we're making. They blew three, one lead before Uh, they've come back from a three, one lead before they've been on both sides. We know they're talented. That team Right now, like you said, they're not as hot as the KD Warriors, but this team is pretty good, and when they're on, they're on. Klay Thompson is just on and off. I don't know. He needs to get fixed that's, because that's what's killing him. Yeah, he, he either shoots lights out or he doesn't make a shot, and he's really not doing the right things on the court. And he, he can The other thing, he cannot play defense like he used to. He oh. used to be like one of the best defenders in the NBA. Along and I with get it. Shooting. He went through injuries like crazy, yeah. but but still, to to be this off, yeah, this late in the season is just pathetic. But moving to the Eastern Conference Finals, we got the Heat and Celtics locked up at two games. The only like the one bad thing about this is these games aren't really competitive. blowouts either way. The other thing is there's just people missing every single game. I don't think there's been a fully healthy game between them at all in this series, and we're four games in. Even tonight, I think uh, Tyler Harrow is rumored to be out, and then Marcus Smart is back to playing. But the first game wasn't – I think it was uh, Horford was out. And then Marcus uh, Smart was out. Marcus Smart was out. And Lowry was out. Yeah, Lowry was out. And then Butler got hurt in, like, literally 15 minutes into the one game, I think game three or something. Yeah. It's just injuries. And then COVID they're uh, like the coach got popped up with COVID or something. So I don't know what's going on. I hope we can get a good series, maybe go seven. Uh, But I kind of want the heat. Uh, I think, I think I said that uh, at the beginning, I actually thought the heat were going to get eliminated in the first round didn't happen and now i think they have the team to make it to the finals i don't think they have the team to win the finals uh but on the other side if the celtics make the finals they can win the finals i just don't believe in the heat to win and this series is just on and off uh tatum looked bad in two games he looked great in the other two same thing with jalen brown i don't know his whole situation he plays great and he plays horrible yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I'd rather have the Celtics make the finals and beat the Warriors than the Heat make the finals and lose to the True. Warriors. Because you know what? If if I'm going to go in order, I'd rather have the Mavs win than the Heat, than the Celtics, than way at the bottom, the Warriors. And that makes complete sense for me because you know what? It's just the Heat 
have been inconsistent. The Celtics have been inconsistent, like I say, every single day. Gosh, I, I couldn't be more on point about the Celtics. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, I say so many hot takes. I so, say so many stuff. And I'm right a lot. I'm <laughs> wrong a couple times. Only a couple. I've, I've never been so spot on than me saying the Celtics are one of the most inconsistent teams in the NBA. Because it's the truth. There's very few games where your two All-Stars put up All-Star numbers. And that is not good. Yeah, and so how do you think this series ends? I'm saying Heat in six. I'm going to go Heat in seven. Uh, honestly, it depends what happens last or like what happens tonight. If somehow they win without Tyler Harrow, uh, then I think I'll go six. But I think they lose tonight, win the next game, and then they go seven. Uh it really just depends. And if we could just get one game where everybody plays rather than this bouncing back and forth, like it's not fun to not see players. We've seen that the last like four playoffs that all-stars just get hurt and miss the playoffs. And we've seen it this year. I mean, Ja got hurt. Uh, who else? Chris Middleton. Like just people are missing games and it's really ruining the playoffs. Yeah, we should honestly just stop the injuries. <laughs> yeah, just turn them off. Uh, but going with the conference finals, we're we are going to rank the top three players left in the playoffs, and we have the we have one and two the same. Number one is clearly Luca; he's the best player in the playoffs. Uh, number two is Curry. When Curry's on, he's on, and he's been on the last couple games. For me, my third is Tatum, just because I believe he is on those two level, just only in certain games. Other games, he plays like he plays like Marcus Marcus Smart. Smart. Yeah, he plays like Marcus Smart on offense, basically. Yeah, yeah, and he plays like Timothy Mozgov on defense. <laughs> like, hey, don't disrespect Timothy. He was yeah, my bad, my bad, but. Number three, I'm going Butler. Now, it was tough between Butler and Tatum because it's inconsistent against inconsistent. Yeah. But you know what? Every other year, Butler in the playoffs, I I don't know if I'd take anyone else over him. Definitely LeBron, but besides that, anyone else. Yeah, that – that uh, And this is that every one. other year. Yeah, was it game one? He had that unbelievable game. Yeah, like 40 points. Yeah. Like seven assists, eight rebounds. So like, many steals. I think he had five steals or something. Insane. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And you know what? Last year, he choked in the playoffs. Year before that, that's when he went to the finals, started popping off like crazy. Yeah. Or two years ago, my bad. Yeah, two but years. This is the year that Butler starts pushing it to the limits because you know what? Tyler Hero stepping up, Duncan Robinson. He is stepping up a little more now that he's getting more minutes. But yeah, that's the other thing. Duncan Robinson is like barely playing too. I don't know what their deal is giving him minutes because he's turning into Dylan Windler. And I say that with all due respect. (laughs) Like Dylan Windler is a joke. Duncan Robinson, you're supposed to go in and hit threes. That's all you gotta do. If if I was paid millions, I'd practice my three point shooting day in, day out. And he obviously isn't doing enough practicing because he's bricking a lot. He is probably a construction worker with all the bricks. 
and it is just tough scenes. <laughs> tough scenes. Yeah. So we have actually wanted- we'll we'll move these two uh Next we'll move one. yeah, we'll move these two. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, let me uh I'll just say something then. Can I uh, say something then? I'll be like I'll be like, yeah, we have two NBA topics for next week. Uh, okay. okay. So that wraps up this week's podcast. And we actually have, I don't know, I'm echoing on your side. Hello? Echo, echo. What? Hello? What? Okay, it's gone. Hold on. Let me say that again. And that wraps up this week's podcast. And we got a lot to talk about. Uh we're going to come back and talk about free agents, who's left for the NFL. Then we're going to talk about potentially who's in the NBA Finals by next week. We should see who's in the NBA Finals by next week. We could give our predictions, Finals MVP predictions, stuff like that. But we also have two topics we're going to talk about next week, NBA-wise. We're going to talk about the top five NBA teams with the brightest futures, and we're going to talk about the results of the all-NBA teams, all-defensive teams, because there were some shocks and there were some snubs. There was some disrespect. Uh, we could talk about that next week. And as always, just stay tuned. Uh, Instagram and Twitter. And honestly, just stay tuned and listen. Because we've missed a couple weeks, but we're going to start coming back with more podcasts. Things will only get spicier. Kind of like Mexican food. It's good and it's spicy. <laughs> We will talk to you next time on Numbers News and Nonsense.